Hi and welcome to the Village Traders Podcast. I'm your host in Jabulintzaband. This podcast is aimed at helping you and experienced traders navigate the market and learn from other traders. Happy New Year. This is episode 30. My guest today is Simon Brown. Please do enjoy our conversation. Happy New Year, Simon. Uh, welcome to the show again. Thank, thank you for borrowing us the time. How have you been? How was the holidays? Uh, in Jabula, uh, Happy New Year to you, to listeners. Uh, I've never met a holiday I didn't like. And as I say that, I wonder if maybe, no, I've, liked, I've always liked the holidays. Um, it's been a good year. I mean, we're back at work this week and it's weird because I so log off over holidays. It's like when we signed up on Zoom, I, I couldn't work out how to connect my earphones and, and random stuff like that, which means it's been a good holiday. It means I didn't work, which is what it's meant to be. Yeah, you're well rested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've got to retrain myself. It's the same with my show and MoneyWeb in the mornings. It, it's like... There's things that I used to do every single morning, and I just forgot about them. And my producer this morning said to me, "Like, what about your Q and A?" I'm like, "Oh, I forgot about Q and A. Okay, <laughs> we'll get to that tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, 2021 will be a much, much better year than than 2020 had been. Yeah. Look, if nothing, I, look, I suppose in some senses, I mean, particularly with the pandemic, we know what to expect, which is better and worse. But I think also just generally, uh, my sense is just from, 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 from globally, geopolitical markets, et cetera. I don't know we're going to see the returns we saw last year, but I think we're, we're in, a, in a much more comfortable space. Some markets are looking deeply expensive. We were just chatting before you hit the record button about our local market. Um, and and you know, the, the, the top 40 looking very strong uh, and potentially got a head and shoulders there, reverse head and shoulders to what, 75,000, which would be an epic uh, year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that that would be the case. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So last the last time we spoke, you you were said to reflect on 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 the year and on the on the trading, um, over 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 the holiday. Did you are you dropping some stuff or continuing with some, with some stuff this year? So I I I did that and I, I I do it every year, you know. And and this year perhaps the 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 holiday just passed was was very different because you and I had been been trading equities. And as I kept on saying. Um, I had I had uh, uh, not traded equities in in you know, well over a decade, and it was a whole different uh, ball game for me to try my hand at, at equities and stuff. And it it, it did okay. I, I lost money over the five months we did it, um, but I kept the account intact. We've talked before. The reason I kept the account intact was not because of my skill in picking uh, uh, trades, but because of my skill in risk management. And I've always said. You know, my, my skill of trading is not technical analysis. My skill of trading is, is position size and exiting on the stop loss, not necessarily positioning it well, but being ruthless that, you know, literally I can stay for 20 years, every single time a stop of mine has been hit, I exit the stop. And, and, and that, 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 that's, you know, a, a huge deal. Um, and of course, the platform we were using, uh, the Think Markets is is it's got a automatic stop and and that has worked so that you know it makes the stop loss discipline a whole lot easier. Um, but I remember when I came into into this, which we started off in August, me and you with those weekly webcasts and all. When I came into it, I had a couple of of you know reasons why I had uh, uh, stopped trading uh, equities and and they were uh, single event risk and certainly I got taken out on a couple of those. The worst was. Aspen, where I was short, they made an announcement, the stock bounced, stopped me out, and then proceeded to collapse. And my short ultimately played out, but of course, I was long since stopped out of the trade. Um, so the single event risk exists, and, and, and I don't like it. 
Um, the other one, which is a much smaller issue these days, perhaps, was much bigger when I was working back at Standard Bank, is just disclosure. I publish my, my portfolio publicly on my Vanity website, um, and, and you know, I always disclose what I own. And with the trading, it started getting a, a, a little bit more tricky and messy and complicated. You know, it's one thing to say I interviewed Charles Savage, and I say upfront disclaimer, I own Purple Shares. It's going to be weird one day when I interview Sim Shabalala and say, look, disclaimer upfront, I'm short your shares on CFDs. Um, and I hadn't quite resolved that one. And then the third issue is, is, is time. And I have, I have to be honest. And, and let's be quite clear about this. Me and you have, to degrees, been working, working in partnership. You know, we will alert each other to breaks. And, you know, you, you, you know more or less what I'm looking for. So sometimes I would miss something, and but you would say to me, "Hey, what about that one?" and the like. But look, equity takes time, hey. Eh? And and you know, let's be clear. By the time, I mean, maybe it's half an hour, forty-five minutes a day, or something. Um, and it's not that I don't have half an hour, forty-five minutes in a particular day. But I had forgotten the amount. You know, my my system. You trade it. I, it's called the lazy system because I want to put as little time as as possible into the whole process of, of the trading. I want this to become, you know, and it, it sounds wrong, but I want it to become easy money, not hard money. And, and I get that there's a lot around training. And I also get that I've got 25 years experience. So I've put a lot of the early days into it. Um, but I, I, I <clears throat> excuse me. So, I mean, the short version of, of, of that, that, that long piece is that my sense is, is, is there are three key thoughts that, that, that came out of all of it. Um, after my three key challenges being single event, event risk, uh, disclaimers, dis, uh, dis, disclosure, um, and the third being the time required. And, and I, I think the, 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 the biggie for me is that, is that I don't know that I'm an equity trader and, and that truthfully, I think I want to just go back and, and be my index trader, which I've always done, although I've done it in different ways. I've done, you know, more recently, uh, more recently, uh, last year, I haven't yet started this year because volumes aren't yet back on the Aussie futures. I've been trading Aussie futures pre-market. Uh, prior to that, I've done the, the 721 uh, way back, but that was 15 odd years ago. I've traded uh, my lazy system. But I think I want to focus more on indices. I like them. There's no disclosures required. There's a lot less of them that I need to track. You know, I can pick up a list of 10 or 15 indices and just track those and, and keep a, an eye on them literally a couple of minutes every day um, and, and a, a, a much smoother, less volatile uh, journey, less single event risk. And I note, you know, last Wednesday when the U.S. capital was being invaded, um, the, the, the U.S. markets, they, they dipped down a bit, but not a heck of a lot. And in fact, they closed the day uh, well off the lows um, and, and, and sort of continued Thursday, Friday to make new all-time highs, sort of unconcerned by what was happening. That said, um, I, 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 what my thinking is, and I'm, I'm still chatting with, with Red One from Think Markets about stuff we can do and the like, um, and, then, and then me and you need to have some conversations as well. I, I, I almost, part of me, I, mean, I suppose the thing is, I enjoyed the five months trading equities, which is, the weird part, notwithstanding my my comments of of, of what I disliked, um, notwithstanding the time pressures, there was something to it, which I did kind of like and enjoy. And I I don't want to, in the immediate sort of walk away from it. And I'm actually having some conversations uh, with, with 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 some folks uh, around 
sort of perhaps a, a more fundamental technical sort of blend and the like, because of course I do, uh, I write for Finweek and I do um, equity recommendations for, for Finweek based very much more on a, a sort of relatively short-term fundamental view. So like a, a one-year outlook, et cetera. Um, and they actually do really, really well. I mean, if I, I, again, I went and crunched my numbers for the period uh, for last year, um, and, and it was, it was a, a solid return, and I'm forgetting, but if I think if I put equal weight money into each, um, it, it, it clocked me in at about 30% for the year, which is a, a chunky return. So I'm wondering if perhaps staying with equities, but maybe doing a little bit different, and I'll tell you what I mean by the little bit different. The way my portfolio has always been structured, at the bottom, I've got my ETFs, uh, then I've got my long-term death to us part, those collectively are now almost 85 odd percent of my entire portfolio. Uh, then I've had my second tier and then right at the top is my trading index, be that whatever. The second tier portfolio, which I used to trade fairly aggressively, which we, I would simply go and buy into smaller mid cap stocks where I liked the fundamental story. And I would hold them for months in cases, years, in, in, in some cases, I think I held Colgrove for maybe 11 years or something crazy. Yeah, as long as it was going up and Colgro moved from 50 cents to 20 rand. Um, and my average price was only about four and 50 I, I, because I was buying as it moved. But I'm looking at perhaps sort of becoming more uh, uh, aggressive in that space or, or doing more in that because that segment of my portfolio, I think has been, no, I don't think. I know it has been, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I haven't been putting the time into it. And I wonder if I can't leverage the time for Finweek, take some of the time from trading uh, 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 equity uh, CFDs and actually sort of find that middle ground and, and revert back to that as a, as, a, as a possibility. And if we go back to, we were mentioning a moment ago, uh, talking Aspen before we came on, you know, there's a, there's a story in Aspen right now, a potential trade, aside from being very cheaply uh, in terms of valuations, there's also got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine announcement expected you know, in the next 10 days or so. Um, and obviously they're gonna be producing, or they're gonna be filling valves and the like for Johnson & Johnson, um, and that will probably spur it. So that's sort of event-based trade. Uh, another position I've got is Trillidor. Um, and I'm waiting, you know, I've positioned myself ahead of, of the trading update, which will come out in uh, probably second week of February or something. What we've seen during lockdown is people have been spending money doing up their house, you know, painting, uh, uh, you know, working in their garden. And we've seen that from the likes of cash build and, and, and mass discounters and the like. And I think Trellidor in terms of security and their tailor-blind uh, business probably going to get a fairly good uplift in their, in, their, in their sales as well. So perhaps moving more towards uh, that sort of, 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 of equity. It's still, in my mind, trading. It's just not trading perhaps the way that we were doing it for the five months at the end of last year. Okay. So, so uh, when, when, if you're trading the, if you, you take a blend of uh, a bit of technical and a, a bit of, of fundamentals, are you going to still be geared or are you going to just uh, uh, non-geared? Ah, so that comes the crunch question. And I think, I think, I would probably do it geared anyway. And I'll tell you why. Um, you know, so, so let's say, I mean, let's just take a hypothetical amount. Let's say I've got 100,000, okay. Um, and, and, and these trades typically run a couple of months and, and, and I'm gonna focus 
some perhaps slightly shorter term, uh, I don't want to trade that runs 10 years. Okay, I've got nothing wrong with 10 years. Um, it's just, you know, a 10-year trade, you cannot do yet. <laughs> but if I've got a 100,000, let's say, hypothetically, and I put that into stocks, that means I can take 10 positions, 10 grand each, and there's, you know, or maybe five positions of 20 each, whatever the case may be. Um, and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But if I just gear it ever so slightly, you know, instead of 100,000, I gear it to 200,000. And that makes a, a fundamental, you know, well, I mean, of course it does. It, it literally doubles the return. So, so it, it's a great question you ask in the sense of, you know, why don't we? And I remember way back in the day, and now we're going back to uh, 2004, 2008, that sort of period. Um, obviously, warrants, which are options, were a big thing on our stock market. But there was also something that was called share installments. And they're kind of like a warrant. But basically, there would be a share, or a, 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 an installment on the JSC, and it would be issued over the normal companies, whatever they might be. And it just gave you a gentle gearing of about 1.8 times. So you weren't going, you know, crazy, you know, 5, 10, 20 times geared, just a little 1.8 times geared. And I remember I used to really, really enjoy those. Um, they used to have uh, one-year life uh, uh, duration, so you typically had time on your side. Uh, time decay, which is a f function of, of option pricing of the, the, the Black Skulls pricing, and essentially the, 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 the theta is still there, but the time decay is linear, um, as much the same as, as it is within the... The, the, the geared space. So the trick is, is let's say you take 100,000 and you, you, you gear it to 200,000. You've essentially borrowed 100K, which means you're going to pay interest. And, and, and let's say you're paying 10% a year. It means I'm going to pay uh, 10,000 interest for the privilege of, of, of having 200 instead of 100, which means, you know, my first 10, 10K of profit every year, I have to then pay away to, to the provider. Um, but that, 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 that to me seems fine because if I've got 200K, uh, 10K is, is 5%. That's not, you know, that's not a horrendous amount. I mean, it, it's not nothing. Let's not kid ourselves. But it's 5%. And, and you know, it means if you grow the portfolio 30, you end up with 25 instead of 30. Um, but if I hadn't geared it, I would have only grown at 15%. In other words, as long as things are broadly working, a little bit of gearing and even the cost of that little bit of gearing still leaves me ahead of the curve. Yeah, and, and some dividends uh, would, would be compounded as well. Yeah, that's a great point as well, because, of course, you get the dividends on the, on the, on the geared position, so you get a little bit of, of extra dividend as well. So, so my sense is, is that, um, because, and I, I kind of alluded to that, I, I, my second-tier portfolio, which I used to be very much active in during the 2000s um, and, and sort of early uh, 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 teens, um, over the last sort of five or six years has kind of got lazy on me. And I don't know why. I, I've been trying to ponder, you know, what was the reason why? Because it, it's been sitting in, in a majority cash for at least five years now. And, and you know, I, I, can, I can kind of see where the, when that happened. As I said, it was around 2014. But I don't know why it happened. I don't know why... You know, suddenly, and I suppose it's like, you know, when you pick up a bad habit, you, it happens slowly. And then one day it's just now your habit. And this obviously just started happening slowly. And then kind of one day was now a habit. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that came out of my, my thinking of the holiday period was I want to undo that. I want to get back to that, that, that sort of what I call the second tier. And the second tier is typically 
sort of your, it's, it's your non-top 40. So it's your mid cap, it's your small cap. It's probably a universe of about a hundred shares. Um, you know, one of them right now would be, uh, uh, you know, th there are a couple I hold at the moment, uh, uh, traded or being, being, being one of them. Um, uh, purple to a degree, uh, purple capital, which is obviously easy equities, uh, being another in that space. So there's a, there's a fair bunch there and there's enough to trade and there's enough to, 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 to actually work with. The problem is, is will they all be available on the platform? And the answer is no, they won't. In other words, sometimes I will want to go and buy Trellidor and my provider is going to be, yeah, I do Trellidor, never heard of it. Um, <laughs> that's fine. In which case I can then just go and, and I can just go and buy it in, 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 in vanilla. Um, others in that space is Sabanya Stillwater, Pan-African, Long for Life and Coronation. Yeah, I tried looking for, for Louise. Uh, it wasn't there. Yeah. So, so that is perhaps the, the bigger risk. And, you know, that's any platform that you look at. That, that typically the CFD platforms don't have those, those, those uh, uh, sort of second tiers. But that's not the end of the world. I mean, that either means in, in the case of, I mean, if I'm looking at those and I'm quickly checking now, uh, how many of them do they have? Do they have Pan-African? Nope, so they don't have Pan-African. Obviously, they have Sabanya. Uh, they have Coronation. I can't imagine they have Trellidor. Nope, they don't have Trudy Door and they won't have Purple. So maybe it'll have to actually be a blend of where some of them where I can, I will gear the position. And that's maybe not a bad thing because what it means is I'm, I'm gearing the, the ones that aren't available are typically those stocks that are much uh, 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 lower liquidity and perhaps shouldn't be geared. So, so Banya and Coronation have got good volume going through, good liquidity going through. So maybe those are the ones that you gear a bit and then the others, which you can't, you just take straight equity. Ah, got you. So when, when, if, you, if you're trading um, uh, uh, fundamentals, and I know you as a king of stop loss, how do you set the stop loss? Do you, do you set it based on the change in the fundamental story or do you set it based on price? I typically set it on, on I mean, I, I, I watch the, the chart and typically what I'm doing is I'm, I'm looking at, at weekly and in many cases actually at monthly charts. Um, so I've got a, a, a significant zoom out position in, in, in that sense. Um, but then it, it's, it's, it's more than anything, it's going to be a, a, a fundamental perspective and, and take it on, 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 on that regard. The, the trick with fundamentals, of course, is that they change slowly. So some fundamentals change quickly. I mean, take, for example, let's take a, a mining stock. You know, I can watch the gold price, um, but it, it, it's a whole different game in terms of, 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 of practically watching it um, and, and knowing what the implication will be. On, on coronation, you've got your easy driver is going to be your, you know, if equity markets are running, they do nothing. If our market goes up 20% this year, they will make 20% more money just because, you know, the value of their portfolio has increased. If they can then manage to get some outperformance, and that's your unknown, that outperformance will then, you know, add even sweeter to that deal and maybe make it 25 or 30% increase, whatever the case might be. Um, so it, 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 it's typically, I, I'm watching the, 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 the monthly chart, but I mean, what I don't, you know, a sudden drop down or something, I mean, I've held uh, uh, some of these stocks through drawdowns of, of 20 or 30% um, in an ungeared environment, and I, I'm happy to carry on on, on holding. I and mean, even my my purple, which um, you know, my my entry on purple is 50 cents, but uh, there's been uh, it hit 120 in uh, just ahead of yeah, November, just ahead of results, and then came back down to 80 cents. I mean, that's a that's a 33% drawdown 
Um, but I'm happy to hold. I still, to me, the story is still there. And in fact, the results which came out late November, um, if anything, have, have, have solidified the view that I had on what we were expecting out of Purple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so has your, your, your perfect list uh, checklist, you mean rather your perfect trade checklist changed um, in that regard, you know, when you're considering you know, trading fundamentals with a blend of technical? So here's the thing. When I trade the fundamentals, I've never had a perfect uh, trade. The perfect trade, that checklist with the seven points on it, um, was always designed for my geared equity trading or geared index or whatever. It was always designed for my, my, my geared trading. Um, but when I was going through the, the, the list of them last year, because I, I just dropped them into, a, into an Excel spreadsheet, um, and yeah, I was going through all my trades, and there's, there's quite a bunch because I'm doing that Aussie futures pre-market now. Um, I'm trading pretty much, you know, four or five times a week. So, you know, in a, in a trading year, there were some 220 or 200, and I think there were 205 trades I did over the year. Um, there's a whole lot more to them. But then it did occur to me, it's like, well, hang on a second. Um, I, I need to, I, I need a, a checklist for, for the, the second tier, the sort of fundamental ones. And it's weird because on my death to us part, I've got a checklist. There's a process I go through uh, and, and it's a process I've been going through for, for 20 odd years and it's been refined over the time. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. But then when I make that final decision, there's a fairly sort of strict process, a checklist for want of a phrase that I then go through. You know, one of them is what are the three key things I like about the stock and what are the key three things I don't like about the stock? Um, you know, so I get a sense of, of, of why I own it and what the risks are to look for. And then obviously I had my, my, my perfect trade tr- checklist for my derivative geared trading, but I never had one for my second tier. Um, and, and that then, as I say that, it suddenly comes back to, to my earlier thought, which is why did my second tier kind of fall away? And I think that it, it was, you know, in a sense, I'm dissing myself, but it was kind of, and perhaps calling it second tier was part of the problem because I'm a big believer that words matter. And, and maybe it was just something that I never took as seriously as the other components of my trading slash long-term investing, um, which is, you know, totally my fault and I should have been but a, a sense that, that perhaps I, I, I wasn't. And, and hence, you know, indications to that are that it kind of slipped away without me noticing. Uh, it also kind of uh, uh, stopped, um, you know, I, I didn't have a, a checklist. I didn't have a, a proper process for it. It was sort of ad hoc, less structured in a sense, um, which is why one of the things will be. So over December was I need to put together a checklist for it. I haven't got to it yet. It's on my list of January things to do, um, but a, a, a process for that in terms of, of, of second tier stocks and a new name, because now I think the name is bad too. <laughs> yeah, probably probably deserves a name change. Um, so I, I wanted to to run you through my perfect trade check, checklist because it's one of the things that I, I was working on over the holiday to say, okay, now I have a proper mm-hmm. system that uh, I'm going to trade and this is what I'm going to do. So yeah, I'll give you a run through. It's also seven st- um, seven checks. Um, so one, did I get the signal? Is the trade in the direction of the primary trend. I get that primary trend from the weekly um, the weekly chart. Is the 200-day mm-hmm. exponential moving average behind me on entry? I, did I set my stop on entry? Is my position size risks? risks wow, that's a hard word to say. Risks uh, less than 3% of my portfolio. Um, did I monitor the trade pro- uh, correctly and did I adjust the stop correctly? And lastly, 
did my uh, is my exit correct? Either target or, or, or stop. So in other words, no emotion somewhere in between. Um, what are your thoughts in, in, on that checklist? I like it. No, I mean, it, it, I mean, as you're writing it, I, I, as, as you're saying it, I write it down. I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of overlap with mine. The ones that, that you've added, which I think are particularly important, um, primary trend and 200-day moving average. Um, and some folks could say that's part of your system. I like your idea of sticking it into your checklist because your, your checklist is, in a sense, it's almost like the master document, if, if, if that makes sense. You know, we, we, we've got trading strategies and, 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 and systems and the like, and, and, and they're hugely important. But the checklist is, is kind of, it, it's almost checking in on us rather than checking in on the system or the trade or something like that. So we need to put bits in, into, into the process that therefore actually work to, to discipline us and to keep us in the straight and narrow, which is why I like the direction of primary trend, 200-day uh, moving average. Yeah, and then, you know, position size. Uh, monitor uh, is accordingly, adjust the stop loss. Now, <clears throat> adjusting the stop loss correctly will be potentially different if you're trading multiple strategies, and that's why it's it, 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 it skewed there. Also, your exit, because as you say, you know, exiting a stop is one thing, but also there's target exit. So what about that at the same time? Now, I think that's perfect. Is it also seven, two, four? Yep, it's seven as well. Yeah, and when with the, the adjusting of the eight. stop. No, it's eight. No, the monitor, mm -hmm. monitor I, I, I mentioned monitoring and um, stop loss adjustment and on the same line, but yeah. It's oh, yeah. Basically okay. it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. with, with, with uh, in terms yeah. of adjusting the stops, I just want to make sure that every time I change my stop loss, it's in the direction of the trade and not against it. Yeah. And it's also, it, it's, you know, and it's one of the things that I fell foul of last year with, with, with the trading equity CFDs was too aggressive on my stop loss moves. And, and, and it hurt me sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it benefited me. Um, but but sh over, the, over the five months of trading, it, it definitely hurt. Um, and, and, and stop losses is something which, you know, it's not just that we need to have a stop loss. That goes without saying. But the next two challenges, which are absolutely you know, huge challenges, is <clears throat> where to position it and how to adjust it. And those are, those are hard. And, and, and you know, coupled with when to take money and profit, um, I think those are probably the three hardest components of trading. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps what I should add on, on the checklist is, um, is the stop 2ATR away, at least 2ATR away? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that, that would fit in. I mean, you know, uh, uh, that would fit in with, 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 with you know, monitor and have correct uh, setting, setting the stop correctly. But yeah, and I like that, that 2ATR. We, we were talking just before we came on. So I entered a trade on um, long standard bank and uh, telecom. telecom, and I entered those trades respectively 4th and 11th of, of November. So yeah, Standard Bank and Telcom, uh, respectively 11 and 4 November. So two months and, and, and a bit ago, um, and, and I'm still in both trades. And that's because I've resisted the temptation to, to do anything crazy with my stop loss because the trades haven't been going crazy. They've been you know, muddling along. They're going in my direction, but they're very much muddling along, et cetera, sort of sideways. Um, and, and if I had been more aggressive on my stop, I would have been out of both of those trades. And in fact, the Telcom one came very, very close in late December of getting stopped, um, as did the, 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 the Standard Bank one. Um, so you know, give them, so Standard Bank, I have moved to stop loss. No, so the Telcom, I moved to stop a bit. But, but to be less aggressive, and I get the temptation that once we're in the trade, we want to move that stop loss 
in our direction as quick as possible and as much as possible because it's kind of like either reducing the potential loss from that initial, as you said, 3% down to 2 or 1%, or when we're in the profit, what it starts to do is it starts to drive it and, 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 and in essence, make the, the, you know, lock in a profit. But the, 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 the better way to trade is to actually give it some space and say, you know what, let, let's, let's rather hang on and, and see how this goes. Let's not get too carried away. Yeah. And, and my, my method around adjusting my stop is quite simple. Um, once, once we get a, a bit of a pullback, I'll pull my stop to the lowest, to the low of that pullback after um, we break above the high that came from that pullback. So I kind of use um, higher highs, higher mm-hmm. lows type of setup to, mm-hmm. to, to, to adjust my stop. I don't rush it. Um, I, cause I have trades that have taken since August. I mean, my distal trade, yeah, that's, that comes from August. Okay. Let me know. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For Shini and distal. Yeah, they, they, they come from August and they're still muddling along. Also, African Rainbow coming in from October. I'm still holding it. Yeah, that was one of the things that did surprise me last year with the, the, the CFD trading was that I had thought trades would be shorter duration. I remember in one of the first webcasts we did back in, in August and someone said to me, how long do you think the trades will be? And I, I said, ah, oh, you know, three, four, maybe five weeks. Um, and that was wrong. I mean, the, 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 sometimes you, particularly on the loser side, sometimes they really, really quick. But uh, otherwise, broadly, on, on, on the winners, they pretty much take some time. They, they need some time to mature. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, yeah, that did catch me by surprise. So do you have any yeah. new New Year's resolution? And I'm checking this. No, so I mean that no, just quickly back to that point. I mean, I'm looking at my at my winning trade. So so one of them, which was discovery, was very quick. It took about uh took exactly two weeks. Um the other winners all took in excess of five weeks. All of them took more than five weeks before they actually generated a profit for me. Yeah, so so on to the the the, the New Year's resolutions. I mean, I, no, I'm not a, a big New Year's resolution type of of of, of person. Um, but but I mean, there is one in a sense, and I've I've very much alluded to it over over the chat we've been having so far uh, this afternoon, which is to 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 get back into that small and mid cap um, more more actively uh, and and become you know get back involved in that as well. I I enjoy it. I'm kind of doing a lot of the work already, just in my my media work, my fin week, my my you know interviewing CEOs on MoneyWeb and all of that sort of thing. So I'm I'm putting a lot of the time in already, um, and hence you know I, I should be taking more you know reaping the, the benefit of it. So so really my sense is what I'm looking to do in 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 2021 is is really bed down that process. Um, and, and there's there's some T's and C's which I still need to figure. For example. I mean, is it geared? What happens if I'm doing geared and it isn't available, such as Trellidor or Purple or something? Um, but but to, to 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 work through those and to be able to, you know, this time next year when we chat in January 2022, um, look back and say, cool, uh, I'm I'm back on that sort of horse and I'm doing it again and I'm back in the the small cap and 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 mid cap space and and working and you know, making profits there. Yeah, mine is just simply a perfect trade. <laughs> Yeah, look, that, that, that always, I mean, every time I do a perfect trade, my next target is to do one more perfect trade. And because of my frequency of trading, um, yeah, I, I, I've now done like 
I forget the exact number. I think it's 400 and, 400 and something perfect trades. But that, you know, that's skewed by the fact that I did 200 last year. Um, it took me almost a decade to get the first 200. Yeah. I actually had my first perfect trade based on this checklist, I uh, think it, uh, sometime last week when I got stopped out, out of uh, uh, British American tobacco. There was a, a small bench flag there that I entered. Unfortunately, ah, okay, a perfect yeah, yeah, trade yeah. was a loss, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and that's the key point. And your list of, of what makes a perfect trade, at no point does it say, did we make money? It's always just a case of, did we do the right thing? As long as we're doing the right thing, the money will come. But you know, any one individual trade might not be a profitable trade, even if you do it well. Yeah, and on, uh, over the holidays, was re- I was uh, rereading, rather re-listening, uh, 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 Trading in the Zone by Mike Douglas. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he makes he makes a point on 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 thinking and probabilities, and so every loser brings me closer to the next winner. So I'm relatively comfortable. Yeah, I I remember. So actually, this year I didn't get to it. It's, I, I plan to 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 read it in Feb again. But I remember that phrase where he says, "Where actually loser trades are a good thing because they take you one step. You know, whatever your your win loss ratio is, every time you have a losing trade, you're now one step closer to your next winner." And I remember when I first read that at the time, and I'm like, yeah, that's a weird excuse for being happy with losers. But the math is right. I mean, the short answer is whatever your win-loss ratio is, is that statistically you're going to have a distribution. Um, and uh, given time, they, 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 will eat, they, they, they will sort of move towards that, that curve. Yeah, for as long as you can uh, withstand the clusters of, of the, the bad ones. <laughs> Yeah, it's the clusters of the losers. That's always it. I mean, drawdowns, the, the, the whole story of drawdowns is that cluster of losers, which is not just a sense of that you're going to be you know, under pressure from a, from, a, from a financial perspective and physically having a drawdown, but it's emotionally hard. You know, mm-hmm. It's emotionally hard to say, am I still doing the right thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, after 20, I think I got 20 losers in a row. It, the, you know, more than just the PNL or the equity, it does you know do a bit of damage from to on, on the emotional side of things. But fortunately for me, I had you know I was my position positioning size was was proper proper okay. I didn't do much damage to you know to my portfolio. Yeah. To uh, I was able to live to fight another day. Yeah, and that's that's so critical. And and I touched on it again today, and we've spoken about it often before. Um, it, it more than anything. It's a, you know if, if we get that position size right, then as we are learning and making mistakes and and you know having strings of losers etc, as that's happening, we're not actually going to get wiped out. We'll lose money, but we won't get wiped out. Yeah, yeah. So we seem to be uh, in a in a rampant bull market. You know everything just breaking higher. Um, stop stocks are, have stopped going much lower. Mm-hmm. Even property has stopped going lower. <laughs> well. Um, uh, 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 and, and, and in the bull market, it's, uh, it, could, it can be a very, very easy thing to, 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 to make some money. Um, there's some easy money to be made on the bull market. As a person that has been through all, every uh, market cycle, what advice do you have for us newbies um, in terms of being careful and, and that sort of thing when trading in the bull market? So I, it, it's a good question, Njibula, and I, I tell you what, I mean, so, so there's a couple of things with, with bull markets. The, the first is, don't deny them. D- don't stand out there and say it's not a bull market, or it, it's, it's going to end, or it's going to end in tears or something. I mean, all of those might be true. It, might, it, it will end one day, and there probably will be tears, um, but don't preempt it. I mean, you know, price action is king. 
And if something's going up, your job is to hold it and own it. And, and, and you know, don't worry how much it might go further. So, so don't deny the existence of that bull market. Accept it, be comfortable with it. And as you say, make money from it. Bull markets are the easiest thing in the world to profit from. Um, the, the, the other is, is understand that, that, that bull markets can last a heck of a lot longer than you ever imagined. Bear markets tend to be fairly short, a year or two. The one we saw last year was like a month or two, which is like, it still boggles my brain, but it is what it is. Um, but, but, you know, and, and it ties in with, with my first observation, bull markets will, will end at, 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 ex, at, ex, at extreme levels. They absolutely end at crazy points. They're not going to suddenly, uh, uh, you know, get, you know, moderately expensive and end. They, they, they will typically move into very expensive territory before we start seeing bull markets ending. So, you know, don't, don't spend all that time sort of waiting for the end and, 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 and disbelieving. If it's a bull market and, and they're fairly easy to predict <laughs> because, you know, prices are moving higher, that's how you tell it's a bull market, uh, don't fight it. You know, take the money and, 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 and enjoy it. Um, and, and don't stress about the crash. You know, will there be a crash? Sure. Um, will it be big and painful and ugly? Absolutely. Uh, should we, you know, sp spend our entire bull market worrying about that crash? No, we shouldn't. You know, the U.S. had a 10-year bull market that got ended by a pandemic. I know people who, you know, in 2015 were starting to say, oh, no, this is too much, too far. I must take my money and exit. And, and the, the market literally has doubled since then. Um, we've had two 20% sell-offs, one at the end of 2018, uh, and then, of course, the one last year in, in, in March. The key thing is, is, is don't fight it, you know, and, and enjoy it. And yes, you can perhaps make a brilliant argument on why the market is irrational and prices are wrong. But uh, if they're going up, that's all that matters. Yeah, and then they can be irrational for far much longer than they can remain liquid. Yeah, and, and my, big, I mean, my biggest challenge, and this goes back to the 98 collapse and as well as the dot-com implosion. Um, yeah, there were two mistakes that I made. One was... So certainly in the, in the 98 and the dot-com is I didn't believe the bear market was over and, and the bear market was well over and the price action was absolutely telling me, but I couldn't believe it. I still had a, a, a fundamental view which said this is nonsense. Um, and, and I shook that off and certainly I caught the bull market very quickly last year and again in 08, etc. Um, the other one I had was the, the, when, the, when, the, when the bull's running, I start to get worried and I start moving into cash in, in an upward moving market. You don't do that. You, you, you go to cash, you know, or short in a downward, in a, in a falling market. Um, and I did much better in the 2008 collapse. That was the sort of, that was my sort of first time I got it right. And understand my first collapse was 87, then 98, then 2001. Uh, then 08, and then last year, uh, 2020. So I've been in five of them now. Um, the 08, 09, I, I, I got fairly well. I, I, I you know, recognized the signs. And, and it's not a case of you call the bottom, but you realized you know, by sort of third quarter of 2009, you were like, hang on a sec, this thing's turned. Like, you know, it, it, it might recollapse, but for now, we can't still be calling it a bear market. Um, and then the, the, the collapse last year, I mean, I did all the things right. I didn't panic. Um, I did some judicious buying, mostly of ETFs. I increased position size. Um, and then pretty much by sort of June-ish, um, which was what, about three months after the lows, um, I was saying, you know what, this thing's going up and, and it might be the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life, but uh, that's not my job to worry about the craziness. 
My job is to make money off this um, and, and, and therefore change your view and, and, and act accordingly. Okay. And, and what's, what's the, 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 the key distinction or the key differentiator between a genuine bull market and a bubble? So there isn't. I mean, short answer is a bull market will be a really, really frothy bull market becomes a bubble. I mean, what is a bubble? A bubble is when, when, when prices are completely ridiculous, um, where the price has no bearing on the fundamentals, where everybody is starting to jump in and, 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 you know, it's the old cliche when, when you go and get your hair cut and, and the, the, the person cutting your hair, they're not asking you for stock tips, they're giving you stock tips. Um, you know, early in, in the bull market's maturing, they'll be asking for tips. When, when the bubble is there, they will be giving you tips. And, and bubbles is just that, as Ben Bernanke referred to it, was it Bernanke? No, it was Greenspan in uh, 1998. Um, he was talking about the NASDAQ and he referred to irrational exuberance. People start saying this time it's different. Um, you know, people are, are doing things which which normal traders think are ridiculously risky. You know, they're rebonding their houses and, and stuff like that. Um, so I think most bull markets or a good bull market will end in a bubble. They absolutely will. Um, and there will be areas of it which are more bubbly than others. I mean, for example, you know, Implats is still not back at its price from 2007. Uh, Anglo-American Anglo is only just back at those 2007 2008 prices. It's taken you know, 12, 13 years for Anglo to get back to what were undoubtedly you know, bubble prices. Um, but you know, we shouldn't fear bubbles because again, you know, they're just irrational exuberance. And if you're on the right side of irrational exuberance, well, there's money to be made. Yeah. And the reason why I'm asking is about Bitcoin, because I've been getting a lot of Bitcoin questions. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on, on trading Bitcoin and yeah, especially so, so, if it's so Bitcoin? So firstly, don't gear Bitcoin. Um, anything that can fall 20% in a day, you don't want to be geared because you will get slaughtered in the process. Um, if you step back, Bitcoin in of itself, I think is a great trading instrument, but I think that's all Bitcoin is. I don't think it solves the world's finance problems. I don't think it's a solution to fiat currency. I don't buy any of that. I think Bitcoin is just something to trade. What I enjoy about trading it is that it has no intrinsic value. Its intrinsic value is zero. It's just you know, bits on a computer. I mean, we could argue that its intrinsic value is the cost of power to generate it and or the cost of data to store it. But I, I think it's got no value. So yeah, I'm not a Bitcoin uh, believer and, and, and I, I, I think those people have largely lost their marbles and, and it's not a payment mechanism or anything. And blockchain, I think, has no real world application either. That said, is it's a great thing to hold. I currently hold it. Um, it's this run-up that we've seen this time is very different to the 2017 run-up. Um, and, and the difference is, is that in 2017, when it ran and hit almost 20,000, was that people who, who knew nothing about markets were, were making a fortune in trading Bitcoin. Um, this time, at this point, I'm only now starting to see people who who you know, know nothing about a market suddenly message me or on Twitter 
um, they, they're buying Bitcoin. So I think we're in, in less of a, I, I don't think this run to 40,000 was a bubble, whereas I thought I, I spent most of 2017 saying it was a bubble. And, and that doesn't mean it can't collapse as it's already shown us. But there's more to it. We've seen you know, small things like PayPal enabling their users to buy Bitcoin in the US. We're seeing a bunch of companies putting, turning their, 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 their cash on their balance sheets into Bitcoin. I mean, if I were a shareholder, I would be hitting them over the head. Um, and I know that they've made money, but it's, 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 it's deeply risky from a bunch of different ways. But be that as it may, um, I mean, I, I will see how it goes. I mean, I, I would expect, I mean, you know, yesterday, which was Tuesday, it, it, it was what, 42,000 beginning of the week, uh, almost 30,000. And now today, Wednesday, floating around 35. Let's see if it starts to settle. I am long sum uh, at 204,000 Rand because I buy it at Luno, so I've got the Rand price. Uh, I haven't taken my profits yet. Uh, if, if we start to see more weakness, I will. But I think it, you know, we can perhaps expect some consolidation around these levels and then off to the races again. So Bitcoin's great, but Bitcoin is purely out and out. It's either a trading instrument or it's something where you buy yourself some Bitcoin and you put it away and you literally come back to it in 20 years and see what's happened. But, you know, not your grandmother's pension or anything like that. This is not for widows and orphans. Um, and the 20-year view is that, you know, it was a JP Morgan, you've got a price target of 146,000 US dollars, et cetera. If some of those crazy price targets, and let's be clear, I remember a conversation about five years ago with a $50,000 price target, and that seemed crazy. Um, you know, if you put a couple of thousand into it and Bitcoin goes to 50 or $100,000 or a million dollars, you're going to do perfectly well from it. Um, but, you know, so either put it in, ignore it, leave it, see what happens with it, um, or, or, or sort of trade it. But hey, geared. I, I've traded Bitcoin geared before, but that my average trade duration at that time was three and a half minutes. In other words, you don't, you don't even blink while you're in the trade. Yeah, that's that's. I, I don't think I'll ever survive um, scalping anything for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I was doing what I call my my uh, uh, hippo crocodile. If you look at the the bids and offers and the volume, and suddenly the one side is giant and the other side is very very small. That's the hippo coming for the crocodile, and the hippo will swallow the crocodile. Um, and if you've got enough liquidity and it's a tight enough spread, yeah, I was making, you know, 10, 15, uh, 20 points per trade on Bitcoin. But you do, you know, 30 trades in a day that can start to add up. But the website I was trading on was just so immensely dodged. I was actually more worried that they were going to steal my money more than anything else. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, we can park it here. Um, do you, unless you have anything to add. No, just, you know, folks, uh, uh, 2021 is going to be a, a tough year from pandemics and the like, but, uh, you know, let's, let's, get, let's get smarter with our trading. There's always stuff to be learning. Um, I'm looking forward to, to the year from a, from a market slash uh, investing perspective. I think it's going to be, I think it's a year when we can, we can make some money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully it's a, it's a great year. Um, it should be better than 2020, which weirdly 2020 ended yeah. the year green. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, from from I actually had a, a good business year and a good portfolio year, but man, it, it's the 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 the, 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 the hard lockdowns and the no cigarette sales and stuff. Yo, that was hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll park it here for today. Thank you for hanging out with uh, for hanging with the, with us. Be sure to join someone and myself at the Think Markets webinar every Wednesday tonight. As you are listening to this, link to that top of 
in the description and the show notes below. Um, yeah, thank you. Happy New Year. Trade well, trade disciplined. Um, check you again next week. Cheers.